The first reading is from Luke 24, starting at verse 45. This is on page 1003 in the Church Bibles. 1003, Luke 24. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. The second reading is page 1118, Colossians 2, 1-7, to page 1118. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Thank you. So as Chris comes up to share his thoughts in these passages, let's pray for him. Father God, we thank you for Chris. We thank you for who he is, for who you've made him to be. God, we thank you for um, what you have shown him, what you've shared with him, and for what he has to bring to us today. And I pray, God, that you would open up our minds and our hearts to hear from you to hear what it is that you want to say to each of us. And you would give Chris the words to say so that we can do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to get a little bit closer. Is that all right? Okay, there we are. (laughs) You're so far away. So uh, could you turn to the person next to you on your left and say, rooted. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at. And uh, turn to the person on your right and say, lovely to see you. Oh, you're such a polite bunch. I love it. Now, I've got a love-hate relationship with roots. You see, I love to paint. In uh, Jevons Woods School, there's a massive painting that I did for the school that has loads of roots. It's a tiny little acorn and it grows into this massive oak tree. It's about the nurturing of each child in the school and the potential. And I love to paint roots as prayers, uh, not actual roots, but watercolours of roots and of trees and to remind people of what they have been given 
by God. I love painting roots, but I hate roots. I have an allotment. In fact, I've got two allotments together. It's a little bit big. And to get the roots out is such a pain, especially those nettles and those thistles. If you don't get the roots out. But we're looking at being rooted. And uh, it's a reminder of this series that we've looked at, that we are children of God. And as children of God, we are rooted in Christ. And I want to look at what does that mean for four keys to be rooted? Uh, Here's one of my little pictures from the pub. This was for one of the managers. And on Friday, uh, I had the joy of listening to her. Uh, She was on her fag break and she just needed to talk. Something terrible had happened at school. She's a governor at school and she was crying. And then she said something quite... um, It just blew me away. I wasn't expecting it at all. She said, I've started believing in God for the last couple of weeks... Well, a couple of weeks ago, I gave her this picture. I pray and hope that it, has, it really encouraged her to know that, that God is real. That he loves her. And this one is just a simple watercolor to say to the manager of uh, the pub in which I paint prayers in, uh, keep strong. So rooted in Christ. Now, I love to paint in my Bible. I paint everywhere, but I love to paint in my Bible. I am, you know, sometimes I paint words. I see if I can just flick open somewhere that's nice and bright. Um, Sometimes I paint, uh, like, words with watercolors. Sometimes just simple words, I am, from Exodus there. Sometimes it's scenes. Um, In Colossians, I've painted... The times that Paul writes Christ. Are you ready? I've painted splodges. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. And and Paul loves teaching about Christ. Now, we're rooted in Christ. Christ is the one that everyone had been waiting for thousands of years, waiting for the Messiah, the anointed one to come to save the world. He was the long-expected, anticipated Christ. And the question that I want to start off with, before we look at the four keys, is do you believe in a little Jesus or a big Christ? You see, Jesus was a man, but he was also God. This is how Paul describes him in Colossians. He says that the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He's big. This is a big Christ. This is the Christ that John, the best friend of Jesus, the beloved of John, lies flat on the ground as if he was dead because he sees Jesus as the Christ. He's terrified. He's big. He's he's exalted, resurrected Jesus. The same Jesus that John put his head on his chest. 
And when John sees Jesus as the Christ, the risen Christ, it is a terrifying, big experience. This Christ that we believe in is God. Don't get me wrong, I love Jesus, the man. I relate to him, the earthiness, the, the, the contact with all kinds of people. I often joke and say, I love sitting on the streets with people who are homeless, and I've made quite a bit of money doing that because people give me money when I sit on the street. But I do, I love the Jesus who sits with people and, and embraces people and prays for those who are sick. But we're talking about being rooted in Christ, the Jesus who is exalted above every other name, the Jesus who is going to come back and judge the living and the dead. The ascended Jesus. I visited a mosque a couple of weeks ago, a huge mosque in Peterborough, and sat around with the imams, and they were shocked to learn that, like them, I was waiting for Jesus to return. Jesus will return. He's ascended. He's coming back. I was in, uh, I don't know if you can make this out, I was in a place called Scargill House in Yorkshire. And in their uh, their restauranty bit, the dining room, they've got these clouds made out of sheep's wool. You know, the, can you, can you make it out? And on Thursday, they put a pair of sandals up there with a sign that says, I'll be back. <laughs> and on Thursday, um, it was uh, Ascension Day. And we celebrate this Christ who's going to come back. His first friends were looking and wondering, and then two guys dressed in white, in Acts version of the story that was read to us. Two guys dressed in white, they were angels. They say, um, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Oh, he's coming back. So this is the Christ that Paul teaches us to be rooted in. So the four keys that I want to bring to us this morning. First off, play hide and seek. Who loves the game hide and seek? Love it. I'm actually really good at it, don't you think? Am I good at hide and seek? No! I thought that was brilliant. Play hide and seek. Let's have a look at verses 2 and 3 from Colossians 2, and it will give us a little bit of... It's jam-packed, so bear with me. So verse 2 says this. Paul says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God. What's the mystery of God? Paul says, it's Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All, all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge is hidden in Christ. We need to play hide and seek. We need to seek this Christ. We need to long for more of this wisdom and this knowledge. If you are bored this morning, I don't mean bored listening to me. Well, you might be. I don't know. Some of you were like, yeah, I'm bored. Hurry up. No, if you are bored being a Christian, you need to get hold of this. 
that there's a seeking and a looking of that which is hidden in Christ, an adventure to be had in finding out more. He's not, hey, I believe in Jesus, that's it. There's more and there's more. The riches of treasure and knowledge. And we need both. We need to understand that we are also hidden in Christ. In Colossians 3.3, it says this. For you died. You died. In, in our natural, we died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That beautiful song that we sang, that the just God is now satisfied to look upon Jesus. And the punishment that is ours as fallen people, sinful people, was taken by Jesus. But also, now we are hidden in Christ. Hidden. That's great news because when we will stand before almighty God... Who will he see? He will see Christ. So if you have become a Christian, you are hidden in Christ. That is who you are, your identity, hidden in Christ. And it reminds me of our position. We're looking at identity, our position, because of what Jesus has done, hidden in Christ, we're justified. Justification that comes through what Jesus has done. But we also need to be sanctified. That process of becoming more and more like Christ. So it's hide and it is Secondly, Paul reminds us that we need to have discipline. Verse 5 declares this. For though I am absent from you in body, he says to the church, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now, it, might, it may surprise you, but I, I love people. I'm a people person. I, I want to do stuff. If there's need, I want to do stuff. If there's an opportunity to hang out with people, that's what I want to do. Admin kind of stuff in my job is just a, bit, a little bit chaotic. But people, I love people. I want to do stuff. I want to help people. I want to share Jesus with people. And having discipline takes time. And I'm pretty rubbish at that. I want to be honest with you. And this, this year, since January, I've used an app to help me. I never thought I would ever say this. Um, it's not a massive sale, but uh, for $4.99, no, no, it's, it's a free app. It's a free app. And it's the Bible in one year app from Holy Trinity Brompton. You get to read through the Bible in the year. I get to listen. Uh, I get to listen to David Suchet, guy. Yeah, Suchet? Yeah, Suchet. And he reads the Bible to me every morning. And then I get to hear Nicky Gumbel just share some of the words. It takes time, but most days, carve out that time. I want to be rooted. I want to find out more of what it means to follow Jesus. And I need to get to grips with this if I'm going to do that. So we need 
some discipline. Thirdly, to be rooted. We need to receive and then continue. Let me explain what I mean by that. Verse 6 in the Colossians 2 passage says this. So then, just as you have, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. For Jesus to be Lord is to say that he is number one. He's the master, the boss. He's the one who is in charge of me. I submit my life to him. He's Lord. So everything in my life becomes his. Everything. That's, that's really hard. To, to be able to say, you are boss, you're Lord, you're, you're everything in my life. So Paul says this, receive that and then continue to live it. Don't just make it a one-off. Live it out. Live that reality of, of Jesus' bossness, his lordship over you every single day. I'm wearing a, a T-shirt um, it's from Skipton Churches, and it's hashtag, do you know him? <laughs> and it's, it's part of a mission, hashtag. I thought you were swearing at me for a minute. That's definitely a hashtag. Thanks. And it's part of a mission that uh, I, I, I did some training with, and they gave me a T-shirt. They did also pay for my train fare, which was lovely. It wasn't just have a T-shirt. But it was with loads of churches together, and they wanted to ask the question to people, do you know him? Well, the question that I want to ask you is that very same question. Do you know him? Yes! Yes! Do you know him? Not, do you know about him? Have you, do you know something about him, his teaching, his characteristics? Do you know him? Like, really know him? Have you come to that place where you say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. And I give my life to you. I surrender what is mine to you. You become number one. Do you know him? And lastly, live a thankful life. We've got the most beautiful key here to be rooted. In, in one of the Psalms, it declares this. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. To get to know what God is like and experiencing him with you, feeling him with you. We need to be thankful people. People who encounter his presence, entering his courts with thanksgiving. In our hearts. To be able to be people who literally count our blessings. To count them. We live in such a culture that makes us dissatisfied with what we have. Advertising is all geared up to make you dissatisfied with what you've got. So you buy more. Every, everything, you know, it's about the consuming of more 
and the dissatisfaction with what we have. So thankfulness is constantly pushed down. Thankfulness for what we have, who we are, our families, our homes, the, the simple things around us that we can be thankful for. So Paul writes this. He, he prays for the church in Colossae and for us that be rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. We're going to take two minutes. You may want to write them. You may just want to ponder them, think on them. But I want us to count our blessings this morning. Is that okay? I'm not going to ask you to, you know, who got to 11, who got to 12. You know, just two minutes. Go through the things. Come Holy Spirit and show us what we can be thankful for. Listen, I know life can be very tough and hard. I know. I'm not saying we need to ignore that. But here's an opportunity to be thankful for the things that God has given us. So I'm going to set my timer. Two minutes. Starting now. the alarm. Thank, being thankful is a, such a, a humbling thing to do because uh, it acknowledges that the things that we've got aren't from us. 
the things that we've got, they aren't from us. That God, as good Father, provides everything for us. Our very breath, every cup of tea, every bite to eat, every friendship, every relationship, every comfort. And the thankfulness helps us to be rooted. Rooted in the one who has given. So the four keys. Play hide and seek. To remember that which is hidden in Christ is for us to seek. And we are hidden in Christ. To have discipline. Take that time to be rooted. Time to read God's word. Time to pray. Time to soak in his presence. However you do it. To have that discipline. To receive him as Lord and then continue and to live a thankful life. Let's pray. First off, I want to pray for those of us who don't know Jesus as Lord. That we would come to know him today. Lord, for those of us who need to give our lives to you and acknowledge you as the one who is above us, Lord, help us to give our lives to you now, to surrender our lives to you. To believe what you have done for us on the cross. And that you live now for us. And for those of us uh, this morning who need to be reminded that Jesus has hidden us in him. Lord, may our identity, above all, be that as children of God. Help us to live that out. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, be with you. That's pretty good. Shall I say that again? The peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Let us offer one another a sign of peace. Peace be with you.
most of you are standing, please come and stand in a circle around the communion table. It's going to get cuddly, but I think we can do it. You have to go back a little bit, guys. So right round the edge, right round here. Keep going back. And uh, we'll try, we'll try and make a bit of a circle. You don't need to hold hands, but you will have to get a bit cuddly. Bring, bring your children up. Those in the foyer, come on through. Come on in. If you need a seat, please do take a seat. Don't feel you have to stand. There is more room. There's room around here. Keep coming. Guys, you'll have to just step back a little bit, but that's okay. There's more room here. Okay, keep coming round. We're kind of there, aren't we? We're kind of there. So we're going to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And we're going to do that by serving one another the bread and the wine. And don't worry, we'll explain how we can do this. Now, Paul, in, in Corinthians, he writes this. For I received from the Lord that which I now pass to you, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So what we're going to do is a little bit different. We're going to pass bread around and if you need to have something that is gluten-free, give me a wave. We've got wafers here. And we're going to say something like, this is for you. Or the body of Christ broken for you. Do you remember we did this last month? And I encouraged you to say something that's really good. Something that wasn't like, you've got banana breath. Okay, don't say that. No, not banana bread. Banana bread. But say something like, this is for you, or the body of Christ broken for you. And then after we've all eaten, we'll then share um, in communion. Is that okay? Before we do that, I want to ask a couple of you to pray and give thanks. You can be a little person, you can be a big person, it doesn't matter. If you'd like to pray and give thanks for what Jesus has done, this is the time to do it. <laughs> 